When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This is a crowd podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to Beefs Golf Club. The Ryder Cup is finally here, the most exciting competition in golf. And this week we're bringing you an episode every day. If this is your first Ryder Cup or your 50th, we've got you covered. We'll be bringing you previews, team news and keeping you up to date on all the action in Rome. So sit back, relax and welcome to Ryder Cup week at Beef's Golf Club. Yes, mate. How you doing, man? It's been absolutely ages. I know. I've missed you, dear. It's um, It's been a long time. I've been away in Edinburgh um, at the Edinburgh Festival. I've also been starting my tour. And um, I have to say, my golf game has, well, it's suffered. I'm not surprised. But tell me how Edinburgh was. And tell me about the tour as well. I'm excited because I want to try and get to get to a gig as well well edinburgh i was doing two shows i was doing my uh show howl and then a work in progress show alongside that so that was quite intense i did manage to get to play golf twice i played at leaven links with golf sidekick the youtube golfer from south africa who lives in thailand and it was a real i have to say beef real meet your hero moment that because it was his videos that basically got me back into golf getting obsessed with course management and the mental side of the game so i recommend golf sidekick to anyone looking to sort of break 100 or break 90 is he the reason he's turned you into a golf psycho (laughs) (laughs) he's the reason i'm a mentality monster he is the 
reason that on my yearly golf trip, which we play Ryder Cup format, which, you know, we're going to be talking about all this episode, I've got the highest win percentage of anyone on the trip. My, I think my record is 116, lost one, halved two, which is insane. It's incredible. Come on, that's insane. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. As I said, when we've played, I don't, I don't like playing you in match play. I love match play. It's the, it's the greatest form of golf. It really is. And it's a shame that there aren't more tournaments that are played with match play because it makes for great TV. Uh, but also, Beef, I got to play Muirfield. Tell me about it. Talk me through it. What did you think of the golf course? Golf course is fantastic. The golf course is absolutely brilliant. I know that all these different courses are sort of special in in their own way, but I do compare it to other links courses I've played, and I, I much preferred it to Royal Liverpool because, with a couple of exceptions, you can pretty much see everything you're aiming towards. And I think on a links course, when you're playing a blind shot, and you know you're you're playing into a sort of a big dip that's that's masked by sort of hills or the rolling landscape, and you think, oh, I've absolutely nailed that I've hit the right shot the right line you know the right distance and you get there and you just can't find your ball and you're like I know that that was uh, it's so disheartening yeah whereas I think there was only one tee where you were playing a blind shot so I really liked that the quality of the tee boxes I mean I come back to it again and again there's nothing like a wide flat tee box with close mown grass, wide tee markers, so you've got all different options. The greens were amazing. There was nothing ridiculous. There was no like stuff where you felt, oh, there's no chance I'm going to be able to make this putt or whatever. But also there was always interest. There was always stuff to be thinking about. And um, the, the scenery is just incredible. The clubhouse and the sort of membership has a reputation about being slightly stuffy. I didn't go in for into the clubhouse because I didn't have my blazer with me. What? But you know, it's different <laughs> folks for different strokes. Oh, <laughs> different strokes for different folks. Sorry. Did you know it was um, blazer? Yeah, I knew I would need a tie and blazer to go for food there. So, uh, but I said to the people who very kindly invited me, I said, I, I can't. I don't have a blazer or a tie or a shirt with me. So, we'll have to sort of stay in the uh, the pro shop and sit outside with our coffee. But that was very nice. <laughs> Sitting outside with a little meal deal from Tesco's. But it looks amazing inside. It's very fancy, and they do this incredible roast dinner. So. Yeah, it was just a real, like, maybe once in a lifetime experience. And what was great was I didn't score particularly well, but I didn't lose a ball. And at Leave and Links, I lost like six or seven balls. So <laughs> I, I bought some balls from the pro shop and uh, I, I kept the same ball all the way around. So I was very pleased with that. I think I shot 90, maybe, which isn't bad because I'm so out of practice at the minute. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty good. Round a tough golf course as well and not playing at all. That's good, man. Oh, yeah. First time playing on it. Yeah, happy days. Oh, I shot 94. Sorry. But because of the difficulty of the course, that does come out as a score differential of 17 and a half, so just above my handicap. Yeah, that's good. As I said, you haven't, you've hardly played. That's happy days. And like, so not too yeah, bad. Yeah, it is. It's a bucket list golf course that you've ticked off as well. But what about you, Beef? You've been making videos with other people. You've been cheating on me with other golf wives. What's been going on? Did uh, While the cat was away, did the mouse jouer? <laughs> yeah, man, we've done a few videos. Um, 
yeah, with Ben Foster, which was a good laugh. Obviously, we had him on here and went on his, his YouTube channel, which was good fun. He's nearly as competitive as you. Really? Yeah, you two would go to absolute war on a golf course, I think. I'd love to see a match between you two. Oh, great. I'd love to just drive around in a buggy and just watch you two. So that was good fun. I've just been practicing, mate. Not too much, to be honest. I'm back hitting it full speed with driver so I'm closer than ever to coming back and playing which is great so everything's good mate everything's good amazing have you set a date for that at all not yet I've got a tournament in mind that I'm going to try and play if not then um, the start of the 2024 season in South Africa end of November so wow we'll see I might fit in one more before that if I can but yeah so everything's good mate everything's good man so which of your new golf wives will be caddying for you <laughs> now you've ditched old Johnny Jaya <laughs> no to be honest caddy wise I'm not sure because I don't want to actually uh, sort of sort of caddy out for a tournament like I did before and it go wrong. So my actual wife might be caddying for me. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, I can't wait to see that. Well, before then, Beef, you are going off somewhere very special, which is the subject of this episode. You are heading to the Ryder Cup in Italy and Beef's Golf Club is here for you with episodes every single day this week. So before we get into it, we're going to be creating a bit of a beginner's guide. Uh, remind me of your plans, Beef. Yeah, mate, it's going to be an epic week. My first Ryder Cup, as well as Beef's Golf Club first Ryder Cup. I'm so excited to, to actually see what it's like live and the atmosphere I've seen that the stand around the first tee it looks insane yeah so yeah we're just going to be doing the usual every a little podcast every day we're going to be teaming up with Smiley Kaufman the US golfer yeah with his podcast as well with his show The Smiley Show and just previewing the both teams the European team the US team yeah and just basically chatting everything Ryder Cup this week fantastic and there's no better subject in golf it's the best time of the the year well the best time of the two years it's going to be absolutely amazing it's just because it's so unique there's no other team game in golf except president's cup obviously but like we we don't get to play team stuff only this event and i'm looking at the two teams now and i think it's going to be a classic yeah and there's some slightly controversial picks going on but that's something you're going to be covering in the daily podcasts with uh, smiley kaufman so we look forward to those uh, unfortunately I'm away for the most of the uh, build-up to the Ryder Cup, but I have just found out, I mean, this is sort of good news and bad news, but my tour show on the Saturday has been cancelled because they found that concrete in the venue. Oh, no way. You know, that RAAC concrete. So that one's been postponed, which is bad for obviously the people who've bought tickets and for me, but it's good because it does mean I get to watch the Ryder Cup on the Saturday. Yeah, good, bad situation. <laughs> You've got the timing right. Yeah. At least it wasn't the week after. So we've got plenty of listener questions to get through, but let's start at the very beginning. Beef, what is the Ryder Cup and what makes it so special? Well, Ryder Cup is basically a tournament between America and Europe where, well, let's say it is a total different event to any other golf event that we play. Usually we play stroke play. We play against everyone else in that format. There's no team involved this is a pure team event what else can we say yeah it's, it's a team event over three days they play three different types formats 
during it and it's the only team game we get to play everyone every America every European player wants to play in one of these yes so it takes place every two years and this is the 44th Ryder Cup so there's almost been a hundred years of competition it started out as uh, Great Britain versus uh, America and then I think Great Britain and Ireland and then it became Europe versus America and that's when it really sort of hit its stride when it became Europe America that's when it became box office with um, sort of memorable pairings like Sevi Ballesteros and Jose Maria Olathebal there's extraordinary records from people like uh, Nick Faldo, uh, but the Americans were, were dominant for many, many years. And it's not been until sort of the last 15, 20 years that Europe have become the dominant side. And they've won seven out of the last 10 Ryder Cups. And in fact, the America have lost six of the last Ryder Cups in Europe, which is delicious. It sounds so good coming off the mouth. Their last victory was in 1993. And because of the nature of the competition, you know, there's always a possibility possibility of a comeback because it's just points. There's uh, 28 points available and on the final day anything can happen in the singles, especially as did at Medina a few years ago when um, the greatest sporting comeback of all time took place when Europe fought back to beat America. Yeah, talking on that, if you're new to this and there's there's any repeats you can you can record or watch and Medina pops up. Well, one, watch all of them because they're all special in their own way. But that one is just nuts. And I've got a feeling, I've got a feeling this one mm. could throw up something similar. What's your, have you got a prediction for it? If you'd asked me a year ago, a year and a half ago, I thought America was going to hammer Europe, to be honest. Mm. The way it's panned out this last year and you look at the two teams... I generally think it's going to be within the point, two points. I really do. I think it's going to be. Do you reckon? Yeah, I really do. Look, both teams are strong. Both teams are so strong. There's so many good players on both sides. I think Europe obviously have the home course advantage, which mm -hmm. again, they can set the golf course up how they want. Do you think part of the change in the dominance from America to Europe is that less Americans play European courses, uh, certainly over the last sort of 10 years or so, they're much more focused on American golf? Not massively. I just think... It is. It's, it's just that home and away feeling. The crowds, you know, everyone when it's when it's ninety percent American crowd, it's difficult to play when everyone's cheering for one one side. Again, we don't get that in golf. I think being back in Europe is the same thing. It's difficult to come over and, and play against that. It definitely has the crowd has a big effect on that. And I think you look at the last sort of twenty years, all the teams have been. Europe's had sort of a generational team with your Westwoods, Garcia's, Stenson's, Rose, Poulter over the year. And I think Europe, the European team has been such a strong team. Mm. And I think they had a bit of a, a rebuild two years ago when America obviously won the last one. And I think the rebuild from the European side has come a lot faster than I thought. And you know, when you get like a... When you, I'm looking at the teams, I'm looking at the players, I think I'm looking at some of the form of the players and you just think this is going to be tight. It's one of them where I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't bet either way on that. I wouldn't tell anyone who's going to win that. I just think it's going to be dead close. I, couldn't, I can't call this one. Well, let's talk through the formats and the scoring for anyone who's perhaps come to golf through this podcast and hasn't uh, experienced the Ryder Cup before. There's three days of competition and each of the first two days includes one match, one four-match session of 
four ball and one four match session of foursomes. And the final day is 12 singles matches, giving a total of, uh, I think, 28 points. Does that make? Yeah, 8 and 8, 60. Yeah, 28 points. So, Beef, can you talk us through the difference between a four ball and a foursome? Yeah, so a four ball match is. If me and you were playing, it would be whatever best score we have on each hole yeah. against America's best score on each hole. So again, a four-ball match, two against two, and you play your own ball, and best score wins the hole, basically. Yeah, so there's four balls in play. Yeah. Foursome's slightly different, where it's alternate shots. Mm. So you play two against two, but you're rotating, and every shot's alternate. So if we were playing again, we'd be teeing off thinking, who's going to tee off the odd holes? Who's going to tee off the evens? And then it's alternate shots from there, there on, which can be yeah. a lot more difficult. This is this is by far the hardest format of the Ryder Cup. And it's, it's important to get the right pairings for this. And that's where Luke Donald and Zach Johnson, the captains, got to try and get that right. Because sometimes you don't need to make a lot of birdies in that. In that format, it just needs to be steady and you need to keep the ball in play and keep pressure on the other team because you're not getting your usual rhythm when you're playing because you're hitting, obviously, half the shots. Sometimes you might not putt for three or four holes and all, all of a sudden you've got six-foot putt for a half and you haven't hit a putt for four or five holes. So it's it can be tricky, but it's it's a good, fun format and it's fast. It's good. So each match is worth one point, uh, with matches ending in a tie worth half a point to each side. And the first team to reach 14 and a half points wins the Ryder Cup. If the matches end in a tie, 14 all, then whoever has won last year's retains the trophy. Uh, so similar to the Ashes, if a series is tied, the, um, the trophy is retained by the current holders. Um, and the captains play an important role in the Ryder Cup, don't they, Beef? We've got Luke Donald for Europe and Zach Johnson for US. We've, we've, had an episode with uh, Luke Donald so go back and listen to that because he gives a load of insights uh, and stories based around the Ryder Cup have you ever played with un, under a captain before Beef? As it, what do you mean? <laughs> have I played have you ever been in a team match where the captain has played a really important role because that's another thing that's very different about the Ryder Cup you've got a captain and vice captains going round on buggies sort of checking in on matches and following certain groups round they've got radios so they're sort of sending information there all that stuff when Nick Faldo got photographed with the the lineup on his bit of paper, and he got into a bit of uh, trouble for that. No, no, I've never, I've never played under them circumstances. As I said, Ryder Cup is the only one you ever play in that format, and um, yet to play one. As I said, it's it's a goal, but they, they they play a really important role. I think one to get a good team environment, obviously, is key. But again, like the picks, they had six picks wildcard picks for the for the teams and there's always one or two really tough decisions to make who you're going to pick and Luke Donald had a really difficult pick in um, the youngster Ludwig Aberg over Adrian Moronk you know he's a bit of a unknown talent but luckily Luke played with him earlier this year and apparently he saw him play and he was he was blown away by it so he's always they're always going to have tough decisions but they as Luke said, they, they have to sort of organise and help organise everything from the team dressing rooms to picking the players. I always find one of the most interesting things is when you're picking the pairings. I know in the past where people who've played with like Mickelson or Tiger, it's the players got to get used to their golf ball. No one even thinks that 
all the golf balls are different, but some people play with different golf balls and you need a player to come in and actually play with a different golf ball, which can really throw you off as well. So like all, all these little things can, can come into play when you're, when you're picking the team and picking the pairings. So yeah, there's, there's a lot riding on it for the captains. So there might there in the European team be people thinking, God, that is harsh. Because the way it works is you pick, well, you get automatic qualification if you're in the sort of top, I think, well, for, for Europe, it's the top six players from the two points lists, the world and the European points list automatically. Uh, usually it was the top nine, I think. And then there was three captains pick, but they've changed that to six captains picks this year. Is that partly because of the live situation? Because Europe aren't picking live players, whereas America are. Is that right? I, I think the the players that moved over to live from American side, there was there was better players in terms of who was going to get in their Ryder Cup, like Kepka, Dustin Johnson, who, who's played a lot. I think the guys who moved from Europe are slightly older, mm. and I think they would have potentially struggled to get in the Ryder Cup anyway even if they hadn't moved to live. So I think that was an easier decision from Europe. I don't think there was any, there was anything saying, no, no one's going to get picked. I just, I don't think many would have played them. I think the only one potentially would have had a chance if he'd stay would have been Garcia. Yeah, good point. Loads of people are getting in touch to ask how it's decided with which players pay what, play what match and how the pairings work. Have you got any insights into that? Who do you decide who's going up first? I think that will be a good conversation between the whole group, any parents they potentially want to play. You might get a player who wants to sort of play right at the back and bring a point in at the end. When I played junior golf for England, I was always asking, can I go out first and try and lead and put a point on the board straight away? So I'd be a player, if I was asking and I was in that team, I'd go over to Luke Donald and be like, look, if I'm playing this match, can I go out first because I want to put a point on the board and come out charging? And that was how I liked to. I looked at the people at the back and I didn't like it I like to go out first so I think yeah they'll have some conversations about that again no one knows if the pairings are gonna sometimes they'll put a I wouldn't say a weaker pairing but a pairing you might not see in the first game and load it a bit further at the back I don't think that's the case for this one because there's no weak players in this at all I mean they're all phenomenal I mean you say that but there is this um, Ardberg guy yeah I, is it Ardberg? yeah Aberg yeah. Uh, this Aberg guy has only been a pro for a few months so you might want to get him out early to sort of so that he gets used to the atmosphere because the last thing you want is for him to have the deciding putt or be in the deciding singles match without having played in that atmosphere before yeah it could be the case 100% it could be the case it looks like a fella is not going to get phased by much, but this will be yeah the biggest sort of test in terms of character, things like that. And I think when you when you look at the pairings, four ball and foursomes are so different. You know, when I've played with Bob McIntyre a few times, and I'd put my money on it that he'll be playing in some four ball games because he's an amazing putter from mid-range, 20, 20, 30 foot. I've seen him hold so many putts. He's so aggressive. And you think that guy could go out and make a hell of a lot of birdies. And you look at the other side and you think someone like a character like Brian Harmon, who's really gritty, who's going to stay in the game, a great putter. You think he's going to be great for foursomes, hit a lot of fairways, keep the ball in play, give him a few birdie putts. He's probably going to make some and he's going to be really gritty. So you can kind of like the way it's set up, you can kind of have like the, 
yeah, some players might play a few four ball games, some might be better suited to foursomes. And it's all about finding that balance over the first two days, really, between the players. You, I'll bet you Rory, Hovland, Rahm are going to play pretty much every game. You can't leave them out. Mm. It is. There's, there's a lot to think about when, when you're picking teams and, and the order you go out, the foursomes, the four ball, the different formats. That's why, that's why it's so good and it's so different to what you usually see on the telly every week I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg this is The Deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech it opened so, up so many you know, more doors the show is called The, the Deal, deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, Beef, we've had a question from actual the Sir Lord Jimmy Anderson. Uh, who asks, do you see a Fleetwood slash Molinari-like pairing for Europe? So what's he talking about there? What's a Fleetwood Molinari-like pairing? They had an absolute bromance in, um, was it the 2018 Ryder Cup in France? Yeah. So yeah, I think he's thinking someone, a pairing that is going to win. I think they won every game they played together mm. yeah they they were unbeatable and then you could you could tell how well they got on together and just how well they worked and bounced off each other and become really good friends out of it so much so i think they started being called i think it was mollywood i think yeah 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 all the media started that yeah yeah do you remember <laughs> that so yeah <laughs> yeah so or i would say i have rumors the european team went out to rome monday of wentworth week and mm. Hovland and Aberg took on Rory and Fleetwood in a four-ball match and beat them. I think you might see a little Scandinavian bromance going on. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think they might get paired together. Yeah. So, what kind of fancy name are they going to have if it's uh, so? If it's Hovland and Aberg, they could be Hovberg 
or Ayland. Doesn't really work, does it? What about their first names? Vic, Vig, or Ludter? Hmm. I'm not liking this beef. I don't think it works. Hofberg is the one I think, yeah, I'd go for. Hofberg. Well, there's Nikolai Hogard as well. <laughs> but is it is it the Swedish? Hmm. I'm going I'm going for them too, as a pairing, I think. Hovland's Norwegian, so it could be like um a sort of we could call it like the uh Well an Abba Swedish, can we just call it? Well Aberg's the the Swede, Hogard is Danish, and Hovland is Norwegian, so it's sort of the Scandi Pandy or it's <laughs> Is it the Scandi sum? Is it? We just don't know at this early stage how these things will evolve. It, that's the type of golf they'll be playing, is it? Scandi sums? Yeah, Scandi sum. The Scandi sum. Uh, uh, so we had a question in from uh, George who says, How big of an advantage is it that the home captain gets to set the course up? I would say a slight advantage, not a massive advantage. But definitely a slight advantage. Again, it could be doing. Generally, in the past, I've heard conversations about when you go and play in America and stuff. Usually, the greens are a bit faster in the states as well. So there might be option to keep the greens at a more of a European speed sometimes, touch slower. But I, I think generally it's more the crowd and the atmosphere is all one. It's so one sided. Yeah. And I mean, you put any of like you, you put any player. I mean, Kepka's whatever, Jordan Spieth's, literally whoever on any golf course. It's not going to phase them in 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 terms of setup and stuff. If you play well and you you're playing well, you hit it straight and stuff like that. You're going to hit fairways. You're going to hit greens. They're going to make birdies. I just think it's it really is that atmosphere and a different kind of pressure that we don't generally get week in week out is, is so different and that, yeah. that really has the upper hand a lot of people are asking this this is from Craig Smith 3047 what would you bring beef to the Ryder Cup team what would I bring apart from a barbecue <laughs> that'd be like on a request I'd be calling that texting texting Luke saying look we get a few barbecues in there and knocking around in the hotel or the team room wherever it is that'd be one of the things I, I, I think um if I picture myself playing one, it's it's definitely energy that I'd bring, and to get the crowd going, I'd love to be hyping the crowd up and get them all buzzing and mm. and stuff like that. And that that kind of like team energy, yeah, I'd say is what I'd bring. Who would you most like to be paired with? John Rahm. Yeah, I think yeah, I think we would make a great team. A Brahmans. <laughs> Have you got anything for that? Any names for that? I just, just got it. I just did it. The Brahmans. The Brahmans. Beef and Ram. Brahm. <laughs> Brahm. Have you got anything for that? Unbelievable. I, I was going to say, I was more not the Brahmans. I was more thinking like <laughs> Mollywood. I guess it's Brahm, yeah. I forgot uh, people call me Beef. I was thinking my original name, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the format, the scoring and the structure. Let's talk about the atmosphere. This is what makes the Ryder Cup special, isn't it? I mean, what you could equate it to is like the 18th green at the end of a major. It's like that all the time. Yeah, it's more It's more like a football match. Yeah. Yeah, it's more something like that because all of a sudden, like, when you play and you play in, like, Open or whatever it is, you play at Wentworth, everyone's kind of... Obviously, you have a few supporters wanting their favourites to win. But regardless of who wins, if you hit good shots and you play well, everyone's going to clap and cheer. Here, now it's a team thing. So you know 90% who are going to be at Rome, all the fans, want Europe to win. Yeah. It's in Europe. So you're going to have them all chanting yeah, yeah, yeah. European chants, getting behind them. I, I think like sometimes... Um, 
obviously if they hit good shots if if a European player hits it to a tap in or America hits it to a tap in you know what crowd's going to be louder and how they're going to cheer if a puck goes in it's all going to be one-sided mm. and that's what makes the atmosphere it's more like sort of yeah football cricket match or something like that it's it honestly it's so different to, to watching a PJ tour or a DP world tour event because you have that team element and people are going there to support that team in in a sense it's kind of like what live were trying to create isn't it yeah I think the idea behind live was to you have that team format they were hoping or they've got the plan to franchise the teams so a bit like formula 1 you could you could follow your your favorite team and have that team so you have that team atmosphere at, at the events yeah 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 I'd say it is quite similar do you think players love that atmosphere or does it ever sort of boil over and become irritating I think the ones who do best are the ones that lean into it because you're going to lose that fight if you're trying to get the crowd to be quiet, aren't you? Yeah, you know, every player playing in this knows that it's going to be loud. There's going to be a lot of cheering and you've got to embrace it. Yeah, there's, it's not going to be quiet. It, it's fair though. You know, this this time it's in Rome. It's, it's Europe. It's going to be really strong support for them. You know, in two years' time when yeah. it goes back to America, it's going to flip the other way. And it's all going to be support for, for America. And again, you've got to embrace both sides where you're going to have everyone on your side for one. And then when you go there, it's, it's going to be, you've got to take that hostile approach and love it you know yeah and try and quieten the crowd and I, I that's the way i'd try and take it is can i knock this chip in or can i hold this long part and shut the crowd up mm. if you're playing in america and keep them quiet uh, we've had a question from tom skidmore 96 if you could create a chant for europe what would it be not ole 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 i like that i like the ole ole you do yeah <laughs> it's so great yeah yeah, yeah i love it oh uh, do you not like it uh, do you know what i'll tell you after i've been see what it is like live i just love the fact that the american fans don't actually have any chance they just shout out shoot stupid stuff when people hit the ball off the tee well they chant obviously usa don't they there's not a lot of wit knocking around the americans what one what one's got more wit USA, USA, or Ole, Ole, Ole. Oh, Ole, Ole, Ole has got more melody to it. <laughs> oh, what could you create for a chant? Oh, well, if you were playing to the sound of free falling, they could go, That's why I'm beef, beef Johnston. Like that. Can't really sing, so that should be very good. Oh, that is a really good question. Do you know what? I want to go away and think about it and come back okay. and see if we can get it chanted at the right the cup sure thing I think maybe that's a little goal uh, this is a good question from Philip Moore. He says, does being a Ryder Cup legend have as much cachet as winning a major? Would one of our Ryder Cup stars swap what they've done in the Ryder Cup for a major win? I'm thinking Colin Montgomery, Ian Poulter et al. Ooh. Lee Westwood, you could chuck into that as well. God, that's a good question. I See, when I've, when I've been asked the question, would you rather win the Ryder Cup or win a major? I've said win a major because I think of it like if I win a major, hopefully I'll be playing in the Ryder Cup. On that side... I, I think the thing is, obviously, I think most players would rather win a major than a Ryder Cup. But if you're talking about Ian Poulter, it's like two decades of involvement in sport at its absolute highest level. 
you know, the most scrutiny, the biggest pressure. It's his entire reputation is based on the Ryder Cup. So I don't think he would swap his entire Ryder Cup career for one major. Not the whole career, no way. He might swap one win for one major, but I think, I just don't think you can get that experience anywhere else in golf. And, you know, there's plenty of major winners that no one remembers. Yeah, you you speak to other players... When it's when it's like Ryder Cup year, you watch any interview and listen to them. They're all gunning for Ryder Cup. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to play in it. There's no doubt about it. Everyone wants to experience it. Hundred percent. I think you're spot on there. I think one, maybe they'd miss one for a major. Yeah, maybe. But I, I think when when you see rookies play in it and you see the bond from the team after they play and when they play in other tournaments I find all the people who've played Ryder Cups together have a different bond when you see them knocking around on the range and the players lounge and stuff like that as well mm. so yeah I, I, I think um, that's a really good tough question maybe we need to ask a few people about that well this is another good one bearing in mind what we've said about the atmosphere and the pressure this is from Chris Arnold would you rather be in the first group out on a Sunday or be in the last group out first group would you rather be the first singles pair or the last first I like first out yeah yeah me too watching Medina and watching Martin Kymer hit that putt god knows how he was feeling no way I like to be first out get a point on the board and then go and support everyone. That's how I'd like to do it, yeah. And then hopefully run on the green. I, I don't think I could physically have taken that putt. I don't mean hold it. I just don't think I would have been able to step up and hit that putt. I think I would have just, I would have just run into the water. <laughs> you would have putted it into the water. I don't, I don't think it's possible. <laughs> I think the pressure would have been, so, I don't, there's no way I could have hit that putt. No, 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 the, the, I haven't seen many like that, the pressure on that. I definitely, I think like getting out early, get a point on the board and (laughs) it's not nice. It takes so much guts, honestly. If you're going to put your hand up and say, I'll go out last with the potential, the whole thing's riding on your game. That is real gutsy. Okay, so we hope that's whetted your appetite, folks, and we hope you enjoy our daily podcasts. But we've got to finish with a quick prediction. What do you reckon, Beef? Who's going to win? Got to go with Europe. Have to. I think it could be a classic. I really do. I think, like I said earlier, a point. This could be one by a point, half a point. It could go down to the last couple of games on Sunday. But yeah, obviously, I've got to go Europe, man. Do you know what? Look, I'm the biggest European... Ryder Cup fan there is I've got all the DVDs of all the past Ryder Cups I've watched every single one since I think 2005 I look at the American team and it is solid it's really solid and the European team I don't know there's a few risky picks there so I'm not saying America are going to win but I reckon it might be a tie what picks are risky? I reckon well Aberg is enormously risky. I think Justin Rose might be a bit risky. I hate to say it. You've got to think though, right? My theory on this... I'm just not sure. Only eight people can play the first two days. You only need eight players. I, I, yeah. I, I bet you Rory, Rahm, Hovland, Fleetwood, Hatton, yeah. Fitzpatrick... I mean, I've just named, what, six, seven players there. Yeah. They could potentially play every game. You put it up against America... It becomes very even. I don't know, because say the same about America. Scheffler. Yeah, of course. Kepka, Spieth, Morikawa, Thomas. I actually think Hatton is a risk, but he was an automatic qualifier, but he's got to sort his head out because he, in the, um, what was the major he was in contention with? Well, whatever it was, it was embarrassing. 
watching how he let his temper get the better of him. It was embarrassing. He should have sorted that out by now. I, I, I just think I just think when it's eight against eight and you can rest four players, if someone's not quite up to speed, I think if you go eight against eight, it's as good as any on both sides. That's why I think it's going to be so tight. And then when it comes to singles, I think anything can happen. I think Bob will be brilliant in, in uh, four ball. I think Hoygaard will be brilliant in four ball as well. I just Justin Rose has experience in there. If he's not playing great, he, he might not play too much. You, you just never know. But I think when you look at the first two days, I think going in Sunday, it could be really close. Well, folks, check out the daily podcasts for more in-depth analysis of the pairings and the players. Uh, hopefully, we're all ready to go. Um, but Beef, you're going to be back on Tuesday and Wednesday with episodes breaking down the Europe and US teams with Smiley Kaufman. So make sure you're following Beef's Golf Club wherever you listen and don't miss a thing. Enjoy Rome. I'm not jealous at all. <laughs> yes, I can't wait. I'm really sorry. I can't wait to get to Rome. First thing I'm going to do is get out of the airport and head straight in for a carbonara. That's the first thing I'm going to do in Rome. I've got a few places locked in I need to go before daily episodes from the Marco Simone Golf and Country Club over the weekend. It is going to be epic. But yeah, listen, you've got your tour to do, which obviously I'm going to come and watch and I can't wait for it. Yep. And then maybe we'll head out to America for the next one together. What do you think about that? Oh, yes, please. And can we go to Portugal in December, please? <laughs> 100%. You know, you come anytime, mate. You know that. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, man. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye, guys. Crowd Network. A place where you belong. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.